Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Vibe Live podcast and welcome episode 53. Today we're going to be talking with and interviewing Blanca Berbiesco, who is a close personal friend of mine. She's also a Marine business owner, wife, mother, and she's going to give some valuable insight on her life and how she's been able to progress from a real fast paced, demanding lifestyle in the Marine Corps to uh, really calming down, slowing down and refocusing her energy identifying her purpose and how she uses all of this understanding to live her ideal life. So whether you're listening to the car in your quiet place, you're definitely not going to want to miss this episode. So sit back, turn off all distractions, turn up the volume. Let's go. And we are recording, guys. So first off, I want to uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Vibe Life podcast. Um, I have a very special guest on here today, someone that I personally admire, someone that I look up to, someone I respect, someone I trust, someone that I have gone to for advice, um, and someone who will give me honest feedback and not tell me what I want to hear. She'll tell me what you, what I need to hear. And that goes for anybody. I, I would go out on a limb and say that uh, that she connects with and that she really wants the best for people. And it's someone that um, I have a long history with. And uh, her name is uh, Blanca Berriesca. I call her B for short. So if you hear me use the word, uh, the, uh, the interchangeable B or Blanca, you know who I'm talking about. And ironically, uh, I also call her husband, uh, Paul Briviesca uh, also B. So you're kind of, if I confuse you along the way, you know who I'm talking about, either him or her. Uh, but Blanca is someone who uh, is a Marine, a uh, very motivated Marine at that. Uh, she's a mom. She's a newly mom as well. And she's also a spouse, obviously. And she's also a business owner. And she has an incredible story that I really know will make a positive impact in somebody's life out there, whether it's right now, maybe you're going through something or maybe down the line, she's going to say something or share something that maybe resonates with you and it will come into your life at the right time. And so without further ado, I want to welcome you, Blanca B, uh, to the podcast. And uh, again, thank you for doing this and taking your time to uh, to uh, share your message as I know you're busy. Hello, hello. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, definitely. And so, you know, B, uh, we know that you're, or I know at least that uh, you're out there in 29 Palms, which for those of you guys listening is out there in uh, Yucca Valley, right? Correct? So I live in Joshua Tree and Paul Station in 29. Got you, got you. So Paul is uh, still in the Marine Corps and, uh, you know, he's actually getting ready to um, to retire at the end of this year, which is a great thing. And I know that you guys have been uh, looking forward to that date for many reasons. And so I want to just uh, kind of flow into this and I, I really would like to take a minute to open it up to you and just kind of share a little bit about your backstory. Let's start first in a kind of progression. Uh, how did how did you and I meet? Let's go from there and go for it. I have a terrible memory. Maybe you should jog my memory. Um, the warehouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so, Blanc so Blanca and I served together in the Marine Corps um, and I remember this, this hard charging uh, Marine, <laughs> we were doing PT, which is a physical training and it was a run up a mountain or up a hill. And uh, basically I remember I was like, man, you know, she was freaking getting it. She was like one of the top dogs, if not the top dog in the pack. And I was like, damn, this girl is, and I didn't know her personally yet, but um, I was like, man, I remember her, this girl just leading the charge up this hill and all these other Marines behind her were just kind of like, you know, gasping for air, but this hard charge was flying up. 
And uh, long story short, you guys, you know, we uh, we quickly uh, began to work together in what we were doing, and uh, and from there, you know, she was she at that time was a, a corporal, but then became a sergeant, and then uh, she became my platoon sergeant, and uh, and again, that's how kind of how our relationship started. And of mm -hmm. course, uh, you know, I got familiar with uh, Paul, who was also a highly motivated individual. Uh, so let's talk about the, your time in the Marine Corps, uh, Blanca. You know, share a little bit about what made you choose the Marine Corps. I know that you were working at Olive Garden and you were a badass waitress even then. So <laughs> let, let's go from there. What made you choose the Marine Corps? Um, the truth is, like, I just kind of felt like I was at a standstill. I mean, I went to college. I was playing soccer. I did everything that I thought I was supposed to be doing. Um, but I don't know if you've ever had that feeling where you're like, I know I'm supposed to be doing this. It all feels right, but there's something missing. And that's what I felt like there was still something missing. It's almost like I wanted to skip the student and just get to my mastery. And I was just like ready to just charge through the walls and break it down. And I kept getting influenced by my brother-in-law who was in the Marine Corps and, um, he was always talking about it. And my dad did 20 years in the Air Force. So the military is not new to me. And um, I just started to really dabble into it. Uh, stepped into a recruiting office, sat down, asked some questions, and I got really excited. And I knew that if I was gonna join the military, that it was going to be the best. So I was not gonna do the Air Force. No offense to anybody who's listening, but okay, because I could brag on it because my dad was in the Air Force. My sister also um, did the Air Force for four years. So props to all military forces, but hey, I am going to say what I'm going to say. Exactly. <laughs> so I joined and I honestly felt like it was the right thing. Um, it felt like a glove and it fit perfectly for my personality my energy, um, all of it. It's like, that's where I needed to be. Got you. And I, I know you said a couple of key words there. I'm, I'm more interested to know, and, and if you would mind sharing, like, was it that you were looking for, uh, put aside the best part of it, you know, cause I understood, I understand where you're coming from, but did you want something challenging in your life at that time? Or was it like, I, I you always took on challenge. You always preferred the hard route. What, what, what would you say would intrigue you the most about the, the challenge that was presented to you when you were going to join? Honestly, I I think even to this day, I am constantly challenging myself. I don't know where this mentality came from, but it's like I it's like I kind of like the I kind of like a struggle. I, I it sounds crazy, but it just makes me like fight and not physically fight, but just fight emotionally, mentally, um, even spiritually. Like because things are hard. Life is really hard. And the only way to get through that next level um, is to just continue to challenge yourself. So when something detrimental does happen in your life, you don't take it on like someone else will. And, or the average, I should say, um, where it's very difficult for somebody to get themselves back up. You know, um, I'll go through it. It's painful, but it's just like, okay, I'm going to take this pain and I'm going to convert it into something positive. And I'm going to even take this and it's like another stripe on your shoulder of, all right, I've got this experience. Now I can help someone else. Mm, I like that. And then when you were in the Marine Corps, right, and you were going through the crucible, like for you, what was the biggest struggle um, that you maybe 
you realize that you had in the boot camp, um, and again, it may not even be physical, it may be emotional or spiritual at the time, whatever. But what was it that you maybe you think about that was like, damn, that was hard, but I overcame it? Um, my biggest struggle in boot camp, I would say I didn't want to get hurt. That was like my biggest struggle. Like, um, mentally, it was messing with me because I saw people just, you know, falling out left and right and um, not making it or not passing something. Um, I've always had a feel of fear of failure. Like I, I want to be able to do something, but not, not only do I want to do it, I want to crush it. I want to be excellent in it. And that's just my mental state. So if I'm going to take on something, I want that to be the best. Like I don't want to just mediocre it or get my feet wet into it. Like I just want to jump in, dive in, make the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so like the fear of failure during boot yeah. camp. Uh, you know, was it the, at the crucible during certain obstacles? Was it uh, fear of PT? I, uh, you know, is it just the, the, was it the fear of not being the best or one of the best or what was it? I mean, do you think it was something along those lines? You know, it's really awkward and weird to say, but I didn't want to be seen. I just wanted it to be the best I could be and graduate. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be like like the main person. But that's not how life works. If you're doing excellent and you're doing an amazing job, someone's going to see it. Even though you try to, you know, like just slip into the crowd and kind of like, all right, I'm just going I just want to I just want to get through it. I want to graduate. I don't want to be messed with. Well, that didn't work because I ended up graduating as the guide. And um and that that right there was probably the most stressful thing in all of the three months I was there is knowing that I held the highest billet was was um, the stress on my shoulders, you know, because I didn't want to let my drill instructors down. I didn't want to let my team down. I wanted to be excellent in every aspect of boot camp, and you know, I prevailed. I didn't get hurt. Thank God. I just kept going, kept pushing, um, and that's it. Made it out there the way I wanted to. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, hey, guys, so yeah, you guys listening maybe aren't aware. So the guide position, what Blanca referred to, is essentially the top uh, Marine then when you graduate in your platoon. And uh, so that what that essentially means out of, you know, I'm going to go on a limb, say you had anywhere from, in, a, in boot camp, there's anywhere from 50 to 75 um, Marines in your specific platoon, like your group, in other words. And Blanca, in her platoon, out of all those Marines, she was the top Marine to graduate from her platoon. So that is an incredible feat for many reasons. Um, and I can tell you personally, I got fired as a squad leader. So a squad leader is essentially one of the top Marines at that time. And I got fired in boot camp because I was a squad leader, but I got fired during the crucible. Um, so for her to complete boot camp as the top Marine is just an amazing accomplishment in itself. And so that speaks to uh, the fire that you have or that Blanca has in her to just be the very best that she can be. And in that situation, her being the very best that she could be, like she mentioned, led to her being recognized, uh, even though she may have not wanted that, but it, it got her recognized and, and it was rewarded essentially as, hey, this person put in the effort, put in the time, did not half-ass 
the what was required. She wanted to do more than the bare minimum. Because the truth is, you can make that decision, right? To do right. the bare minimum and just get by, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, so so again, guys, I want you to understand the accomplishment and what that is in itself, um, specifically in Marine Corps boot camp. Because one thing that we do take pride in as Marines is having the toughest boot camp in the US military. Um, and so, you know, hats off to you for that. So, so you integrate into the boot uh, to the Marine Corps. So you're officially a Marine. Um, was that, let me ask you this, was that kind of like one of your life objectives was, hey, I want to be a Marine or I want to uh, go to the military? Like, was that kind of like a to-do list on your lifelong list? It never was, that's the funny part. Like I thought college and soccer was it. And then I was going to have this great career and just become a workaholic and that was it. But I didn't know I was going to do the um, Marine Corps ever. So doing that was amazing. And and then what would you say that what was one takeaway uh, as you progressed the Marine Corps? Um, what was one take takeaway that you learned that, you know, and I know there's many, but what is one that you maybe still have and keep with you to this day as far as maybe anything that the Marine Corps has taught you? Um, like overall or boot camp? Uh, let's just say overall. Let's say overall. Oh. Um, discipline. I would say that's the first and the, the first thing that um, I absolutely love about the Marine Corps is the discipline because um, I was already raised in a home where discipline was big. You know, my dad being Air Force retired, um, he should have been a Marine, honestly, <laughs> um, because it just did not fit him that he was in the Air Force. He was very stern and very, very strict. I mean, guys, I could not watch the Simpsons, MTV, like we couldn't watch certain things on TV. Um, we, at, at, once we started sports, we had a practice at home, like on weekends. Um, then I got into like sports in high school, cross country. So my dad would make me run three miles before I would even go out with, like in, on a weekend to go see a movie or something. So my dad was already strict. So I felt like I already had that going into boot camp. Um, so that's why I said the most challenging thing for me is I just didn't want to get hurt, you know, I didn't, or or sick, because I know that's a big possibility. But discipline, I absolutely love discipline and I love order. And you know, like without order, you feel like um, anything can happen at any time. It, it feels chaotic. It feels, for me, it's uncomfortable for me because I like to have things scheduled, organized, set up, because then it's easier for your mind, you know? Because in here, it's scrambled eggs like in my head I mean it's there's a lot happening all at one time so like for me to keep my home in order my stuff in order it's easier for me to just grab and go to simplify my life helps me with my mental state which is literally the LA freeway <laughs> yeah and, and so the discipline discipline got yeah. it got it so I want to touch a little bit about this um for a couple of reasons, but mainly because, um, you know, th there's always talk about, and honestly, and to be transparent, guys, I had to get this out of my lingo as well, because a Marine is a Marine, but the whole female Marine and how that plays and, and you know, kind of like the standard of female Marines versus male Marines. And I, again, being transparent, that was something as I matured, I had to get out of my lingo because at the end of the day, hands down for you fellas out there, man, I would rather have Blanca on my team than a lot of the fellas that I was um, that I have coordinated with throughout my life, not just the Marine Corps, but people that I've come across, 
again, I talk, I talk about you a lot, Blanca. And I say, man, you know what? I know someone who's just a badass individual. She's a woman, but that doesn't mean nothing because she doesn't want any favors. She wants the same no. standard and she'll do her very best to meet that standard. So I want to, I want you to kind of just talk a little bit, a little bit about that. What did, did you kind of feel any sense of like a double standard or like I had to prove myself because these guys think that because I'm a female that I can't do it. Yes, I'm a Marine. They respect that, but they don't respect the fact that maybe I can, I can excel past them if I really wanted to. Oh, 100%. I, 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 like I said, I've always liked to challenge myself. So with that being said, I mean, even in the Marine Corps, um, I had this mentality that I was just going to have like these buff chicks just walking past me everywhere I went, you know, like that's your mentality. You think of the Marine Corps, you think of greatness. So I told myself, I need to, I want to do 20 pull-ups. I want to like start lifting weights, you know, um, I want to run just as fast as they're running and everything. So that I start even pushing myself even more. So in the Marine Corps, um, at my time, the females weren't really my competition. It was like, how do I beat out half of these males? So that was fun. And yeah, and you, that kept and me you, going. And you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> as a matter of fact, my husband, Paul, um, we talk about it all all the time. Like it was fun, you know, beating him in PT runs and stuff like that. He hates it. He hates to talk about it, but I'm just gonna say that to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was essentially a standard that you held yourself to, right? I mean, that's what we're really talking about. Is like, hey, I know who I am. Yeah. I'm not gonna be intimidated because of this um, mentality that that female Marines can't do as much or can't excel in certain, you know what I mean? In certain categories or even excel in all categories, I should say. So you took it upon yourself to say, you know what? That's my next challenge, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. that was my challenge. Like I didn't want to be defeated by them, nor did I want, um, like you said, oh, the female Marine, that girl, or she's a woman. It's like, no, let's go. Like we're going to run a, a, you know, a three miler. Let's do a three miler. I mean, we did, I don't know if you were there, but we did, um, right before 96s, we were hiking all the time. We were in Boots and Utes or, or, or no, full on camis. Uh, we had our flak and Kevlar. Like they just took things to another level where we were at, you know? Right. And we were out there and we were getting it um, miles and miles up and down hills. And then, I mean, how many people fell out? Lots of people, even people we looked up to with like strength could yeah. make it. So, yeah yeah no I, I i love that i love that and i bring that up again because uh, you know there's you know there's women here that li uh, that are listening so i you know can you kind of just touch a little bit about the standard that you have put aside the fact that you're a marine just as a mm -hmm. as a proudful woman or women uh, what what would you say to that to speak to that lady out there that is kind of listening and maybe maybe has you know on indirectly or maybe directly been fed that and kind of started mm -hmm. to believe that what would you say to kind of break that or help them break that? Well, I just, I, I mean, I'll share my mantra. I say this to myself and I said this to myself for years. As a matter of fact, it's like the quote I used like right before retirement. I said, um, the quote is, tell me I can't and I'll show you all the different ways I can. Because it's not just one way. You, you can get to that same goal in using different avenues. Just because someone said you have to go XYZ to get there, like you don't have to. You can figure out a different way to get there, you know? 
whether I mean I'm not kidding you um in boot camp while everybody was like you know writing letters or you know you get this free time or whatever which is a very short time I mean I would get made fun of but I didn't care like that so that's another thing like you're gonna be sometimes the only one and you're gonna be alone a lot and it's not fun people like to you know work in groups people like to be part of something which I do too but at the end of the day to be a part of something is great but if you want to excel you're going to excel alone and you're gonna excel in a small 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 group and that's how it is you're gonna get made fun of sometimes you're gonna get ridiculed you're gonna look get um you know talked down to or even just lose friends but at the end of the day you, you didn't want those negative people in your life anyway you didn't want anybody dragging you down anyway so when me being quote-unquote the the nerd or the geek at boot camp because I was you know getting some I was doing my push-ups I was doing my crunches I was doing everything I could every night before I hit the rack because I wanted to keep my body strong and fit again I didn't want to get hurt so if I'm gonna make a goal then I also have to put the work into it so doing my push-ups and my sit-ups or whatever I could do right before I hit the rack was beneficial for me because I didn't sprain ankles or bust a knee or get injured. But at the same time, you know, you did get ridiculed and, you know, you're gonna walk alone sometimes, but you know what, at the end of the day, you stand strong and you stand proud and you take all the things that you've learned and you pass it on to the next person. With the guide on in your hand. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> So you guys listen out there, men and women, um, I hopefully you took away a lot from what Blanca just shared right now, standards, expectations she has for herself, not feeling uh, like she has to conform to the standard of someone else who doesn't have her same standard, being okay with being alone at times, understanding the bigger objective of what she wanted to achieve, which was not get hurt and be at her very best. So you ladies out there, you fellas out there that are maybe in a similar position in a, maybe a different environment, obviously, hey, take what she just said and lock that into your mind, put it in a compartment. And when you're feeling like questioning yourself, if people are questioning what, why you're doing what you're doing, unlock that, that compartment in your head and remember what Blanca just shared with you guys. Cause um, you know, if you have those standards for yourself, you know, it only means that you have a standard for a certain reason and you only know why you're doing what you're doing and maybe the people that you that matter the most need to know why you're doing what you're doing but at the end of the day you know it's a very small circle that yep. is going to support your objective and those are the people that you want to be around correct that's right that's right 100 percent. awesome that's i love that so we're progressing to the marine corps you're killing it you're doing your pt you're getting promoted um you make it to sergeant I know you're I know past that but I'm talking about when I was in um yeah. you were a sergeant at the time and then you know you just um decided to change careers in the Marine Corps and then you guys progress I, I believe you went to Okinawa correct no we were gonna go to Okinawa but that got canceled so we went to the east coast you got okay yeah so you guys went to the east coast and then um it, let's talk about briefly that transition to like a new life in regard to your new career um, how did you tackle that to be your very best, you know, being able to new career? In the Marine Corps? Um, oh, so like new career when I changed my job. Yeah. 
Um, I decided to change my job and, and, and lap move is what they call it as a Marine Corps and do something that would maybe um, help me more um, when, I, when I got out, more like uh, in the counseling area or human resources, just basically, you know, assisting others. So my job was a career counselor, career planner is what they call it. And um, basically just guiding Marines in their future careers um, and, and just assisting them and their families because I know how hard it, it was in the Marine Corps, feeling lost, um, feeling the like the pressures of what to do next, um, the family not always being on, on the same page. So I felt like there was a huge gap because that job, I mean, it was looked down at um, in the Marine Corps in the very beginning, I remember that. But it was because we had terrible people who were helping Marines. They didn't care. It was just, you know, sign these papers and get out of my office. But man, that job is a really, really important job, especially when you're talking about a young Marine just married or brand new baby. You know, this is, it's a big deal. So um, I just took it upon myself again. If I'm gonna do that job, I wanted to do the best I could. And I mean, I, I felt like I did. I, I did really, really well actually. Um, and I remember, um, that it's not just the guy or the or you know the person in the military outfit that matters it's also the civilian at home that's taking care of the home that matters so i remember making the phone calls to the spouses and talking to them and asking like hey how do you feel about this would you like to come in and i've, I've kind of left it open for the family to also come into my office and make it a a family affair and they felt really comfortable and i and i love that i loved my job and so before it wasn't like that wasn't the standard right you just created your no. own standard of like going above and beyond right oh for sure i wanted everybody to feel included and comfortable i think that was the that was my objective absolutely no oh, i love that so so for you guys out there listening again blanca made the decision to switch career moves um is, is it right am i correct in kind of assuming i should say um that you were also strategically placing yourself in a position to when you retire, you had something that maybe you would use as a career source for yourself in a civilian world. Is that kind of yeah. where? Yeah. So you were strategically play, positioning yourself to gain a, 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 a trade, if you would, or an understanding of a certain industry so that if you got out, you had options, correct? Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, the truth, truth be told, I didn't really have a choice because because I went to reenlist um, the 3051, which is our MOS code that was closed. So I didn't have an option. I couldn't join. I couldn't reenlist back into my job. Gotcha. That's what happened. And it was closed out. So then um, I I really didn't have an option. But then I started to do my homework and research. And I was like, well, what's going to help me later on? What would be beneficial, like you said? And um, working with people was, I always loved that. I mean, you and I, just to go back real quick, literally it was like yin and yang it, it wasn't a struggle working with you it was just like we just knew what needed to get done and we did it and i thought that that's why we ran that place the way we ran it and i love that feeling and i wanted to continue to assist and help out help out people i didn't want to get lost in another job where you just it's mundane and you just like do it and you go home i wanted to be impactful so i i you know i i really wanted to do something and change it up Oh, I love that. So you guys out there listening, maybe you guys are thinking about, or maybe you have, because I know some of you out there listening, you guys have made recent career moves. And so for you, Blanca, was it, although you knew you were going to thrive in what you were doing, because you were going to put your best foot forward, was there a little sense of like fear kind of going into something new? 
yeah i mean at the schoolhouse i was frightened i was so scared because they were going through the um the uh, academics portion so fast and i honestly i felt lost i felt lost in the very beginning they were extremely um professional i remember the teachers being really professional um they also put me in a high standard they wanted me to to run the like the the fastest group and to take over and to do you know the pt warm ups and stuff like that so i was put in certain billets there too and again it just took me right back to boot camp of man i don't want to get hurt or i don't want to let my instructor down and you know i pushed myself there too it was good i ended up getting the moto award <laughs> see what i mean so for you guys out there thinking about that career switch again uh, you know sometimes the opportunity just comes about because of life situations that occur and uh, you know you got to take the bull by the horns and you got to put your best foot forward and just like you guys maybe you guys are fearful about something maybe you're like man i don't know if i can do that job it's a whole new skill set or a new trait that i got to learn mm-hmm. or i got to get some type of schooling that's you know we're going to require a lot of me but again if you do the work if you focus in like blanca and and you kind of know what you're trying to achieve then you have a mission you have an objective and the objective is to get that mission accomplished um to the best of your abilities so i want you guys to think about that especially if again you guys are in a similar situation like blanca was so let's uh let's kind of progress through here and we'll kind of close the chapter on the marine corps uh part of it at least and we'll progress to the next part i want you to if you don't mind really quick just touch on the leadership aspect of the marine corps because again you could have just done the bare minimum in anything that you did, right? But you wanted to go above and beyond. So can you speak a little bit briefly uh before we talk about Paul and, and his role and how that impacted you, but um can you talk a little bit about the importance that you weighed on le- being a great leader for your younger Marines? Um you know, I <laughs> No, I I don't know. I I just felt like because i went in with the mentality of what i thought the marine corps was going to be as far as um you know um you know all of it discipline leadership structure everything that we kind of brushed up on i expected that so when i didn't maybe feel like it was happening at some points in my life in the marine corps um i i felt like i needed to step in and do my part i mean at the end of the day we're put there for a reason you know we're we're getting promoted for a reason So if we're going to be in those positions, we need to be in those positions and fulfill those positions. Don't just take it and say, "Well, this is my rank, this is my paycheck, and I'm good with it." No. Because you have to remember when you were under that and you weren't there before, how did they treat you? And why did you not like your job? You didn't like your job because you had a terrible person leading you. And that was one of the things I will always remember. I don't want my Marines to get out of the Marine Corps and say I had a terrible leader. I want my Marine Corps my Marines to get out and said and say, "Damn, my my um leadership was so impactful. Um I made this decision in my life and it was the best decision in my life." Like uh, or anything. I mean, it doesn't even have to be great or big or grand. That's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is there was something positive that came from um me touching that Marine, you know, emotionally. in in my leadership um skills that they made something of themselves whether it's the smallest thing even maybe just maybe an attitude adjustment or the way they even just see life to me that is you can't put a you can't put a paycheck on that you can't put um a billet on that knowing that you impacted someone and now they're living the best that they can or looking back when they're when they are struggle struggling they say i remember when 
you know, Sergeant Garcia told me to do this. Sergeant B told me to do this. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's so so impactful. I mean, you know, you guys. So look, let's let's be transparent. Uh, you know, the Marine Corps has high standards, right? And you know, just like every organization, there's always some people that maybe just want to do the bare minimum, or for certain reasons that they just ain't are decided not to adhere to the standards okay and it always starts with leadership right the expectations and what have you and so i can be transparent in saying that you know what when i first got in i didn't have um the, the expectation i had going into the marine corps was kind of like i almost had a double take because i was like wait a bit this isn't what i felt it was going to be like and reflecting back um it was like the leadership that i had at the time not that they were all horrible, but they just didn't have a certain standard that connected with me. And I remember, and again, Blanca, the kind of similar to what Blanca is saying is, you know, you see this and you're like, the expectations I have are a lot more. So if no one's going to fill that role, when I'm in that, when I have that opportunity to do that, I'm really going to try my best to fulfill that role in regard to a leadership role and make a positive impact in other people. And so that's essentially what Blanca did. And I, and I truly believe that's why we, you know, connected the way we did. And yeah. we, you know, we had a great platoon of Marines who we had, you know, of course we always had trouble with people, but we had a, a high expectation, a high standard for those Marines. And it's always the Marines that you least expect sometimes that were like, they appreciate it the most, right? hundred percent. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, I, I know, I know you remember, but um, they, our leadership was so airtight where we were and at that time that other sections started to send their bad Marines to us because they couldn't handle them. They couldn't deal with it or they didn't want to deal with them. And they basically like kind of tossed them out. Like, you know, like you would toss out trash. And to me, not one person is trash. Okay. I might say it, <laughs> you know, cause they're not acting right, but I don't mean it. And I'm going to put all my efforts into that person because I'll tell you what, the ones that they kicked out and they brought to my warehouse, those became my best leaders. And I could, I remember a good handful. They, they became um, some amazing um, corporals in, in, the, in the Marine Corps and in the section. All that, all they wanted was someone to one, see something past what everybody else was seeing. You know, and not, and let's be real. We live in a time of day where um, people just look at somebody, make a quick judgment, and then that's it. They just walk right past you. And they, they're just, they get so used to it. And then you wonder why they act that way. But if you really take the time and you get kneecap to kneecap with someone, you can actually see that there's something really sensitive in there or something that's hurt inside of them. And once you get there and once you gain that trust with that person, they start opening up, but on their own. And then you start. I got you guys. So you guys, uh, Blanca cut Start out. Start and tasking them. And then once they know that, okay, okay. Uh, I don't know back. where we you're cut back. out from. You're, you're back. So you basically kneecap to kneecap and then they open up. Once yeah, they, they open up and then all of a sudden you start giving them responsibility. Man, them feeling that you trust them, them feeling that they're capable because nobody else feels like they're capable. They ran with it. I mean, they were, they were keeping accountability. They were getting up, they were making phone calls. They were even taking care of, of the Marines that like how you and I would be taking care of the Marines. It was a good thing. And you know what? It does trickle downhill and, and just keep that in mind, no matter where you're at. I don't care if you're flipping 
um, pizza dough. It don't matter what you're doing. It trickles down. If you're the best pizza maker out there, someone's going to look at you and be like, damn, he really loves what he's doing. He's enjoying it and he's good at it. I want to enjoy it, what I'm doing too. Yeah. And then it just becomes a, a good thing. It becomes a, a, a great, it becomes a good um, vibe, I should say. You know, you like that word. <laughs> that good community <laughs> aspect, right? Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, and, you know, I would, hands down, I will say my experience in the Marine Corps got a hundred times better when I started having, or when I found the right leadership that held me to a high standard that expected the most out of me and held me to that standard because they understood what the true potential was. And again, it created this positive synergistic team, this atmosphere, sure. this community that essentially we were like, man, we could be unbeatable. We had each other's back. We would go to war with each other. We would do anything. We would have fun yep. together, but we understood at the end of the day, the mission was this, be the very best, do this and do that and get it done and have fun while That's doing right. it. That's right. So awesome. Yep. Thank, thank you for sharing that part. So um, I, just really quick, I think this is important too for those of you guys listening. Um, I, if you don't mind, just touch a very little bit on the on the aspect of you and Paul, which is, uh, again, guys, Paul is Blanca's wife, uh, wife husband. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell my boys to that. Uh, Paul is uh, Blanca's husband, and he was a Marine Corps drill instructor. And just like Blanca, highly motivated, highly uh, disciplined in his regiment, went in the Marine Corps trying, you know, to be the very best that he could be. So it was a natural, I'm not gonna say natural fit because I know you guys discovered each other. You guys were competitive with each other, which is great. It was fun, a lot of fun stories there. Um, but then Paul, you know, went to the Marine, uh, to the uh, drill field. And those of you guys, these are the drill instructors are the people that actually are responsible for creating Marines in San Diego or in Paris Island. And so I want you to talk about a little bit, just touch on it, um, the difficulty it was for Paul being away. And at that time you had uh, D, correct? Yeah, yep. I had my little, I had my first boy. Yep, so so Blanca, you know, again, had her first uh, baby, which is uh, Demetrius D. And uh, she also has uh, Sienna. And then she also has a new baby, which my apology, the last, the, for his name, or? Ro Rowan. Yeah, Rowan, right? Yes. Okay, good. So, um, so yeah so talk about that the struggle of you know having paul you know being the man of his job being having him being away new uh mother at the time talk a little bit about that and how you overcame that um well you know same 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 mental state same concept he went to the drill field and i knew that it was going to take up so much of his time i wasn't going to have him home um a lot and i mean like first phase he was pretty much gone and um because he was just he was he just turned into a machine you know you click off you click off safe and that's he was like all 100 miles an hour with this job so with that being said i just took on the mentality of all right well you know what he's about to do you married this guy you understand the marine corps so what are you gonna do and there i go i'm i start to set my goals and start to set you know start to get focused on, well, what can I do during this time? And um, I just started getting in, into shape and I started hitting the gym and I started hitting the weights. Um, and I taught myself a lot about nutrition and I got educated on um, getting in, in, in shape and in tone or toned and definition and muscle and all this other stuff. Um, Cause it was all brand new. It wasn't a new thing for females to do. 
I remember being the only one in a male, it was literally like a male's gym. It was just a bunch of Marines and like me. <laughs> um, though you would find us mainly in the cardio room. I mean, let's be real. That's what it looked like in 2007, six and eight. Um, but I made it a goal of mine to enter in my first uh, fitness competition. So while he was gone, I disciplined myself and um, within a year of giving birth, I stepped on stage and it was good. I mean, um, the first five take home a trophy. I mean, I didn't come in first, which is, would have been nice, but I mean, at least I was able to take home a trophy. So I was, I was happy with that. And that really took a lot of my, um, my time too. So he was in a positive place making Marines and I was in a positive place getting myself mentally and physically in shape. Mm. That's what I did. Got you. Now, talk a bit about the uh, demands of like being a new mom and, and how that tack and kind of like your mindset at that time and what your how your mission maybe shifted from this to this and then how you dialed it all in. Yeah, I mean, being a new mom, gosh, that having my son changed everything for me. Like it, it used to be, um, you know, the machine, Blanca the machine. And then I turned into, um, I'm going to still be excellent in my job, but I'm no longer going to be tunnel vision. And I think that when I had my child, my aperture um, opened up and I saw more than just, um, just the Marine Corps. I, I saw him, my son, I saw my husband, I saw home, I saw future, like the, everything around me became bigger. And um, taking on those extra responsibilities was good for me too, because it just put on even uh, like more it, it took more out of me, more of a challenge. Mm. So it was good, but it definitely opened up my eyes. Oh, there goes that word challenge. Yeah. It seems like we're always looking for a challenge. Would you say that's kind of, uh, would you say that's kind of correct in your, in your case? Yeah, for sure. Always looking for a challenge. Now, I, I didn't, we did plan to have our son. So that was a plan. It wasn't like a surprise. Um, and I knew that I was going to be, still be full-time working taking care of a kid and then still wanting to do the things that I wanted to do. But things started to shift, like I said. Um, and then mom, my, my job as a mom was so important to me. And the same way that I would dig into fitness and the Marine Corps, I also dug into parenting. I opened up books. I went on websites. Um, I listened to stuff on um, back then radio, right? <laughs> we didn't have all of this stuff, you know, internet was kind of brand new. Um, but yeah, like that was, that was big for me. I just wanted to always get, stay educated and, and, and be the best mom to him as well. Yeah. And so like for that, for that, you know, new mom out there or mother right now, maybe in a time, maybe in a transition in, in her life and, and, and going through some things and trying to balance it all out. Um, you know, guys, hopefully you can, again, Blanca touched on a few things there, but, you know, can you kind of dial in a little bit and, and speak to that, you know, to that person right now and just say, hey, if you're kind of in a transitional phase in your life, um, what, you know, piece of advice would you really give them in regard to like your best advice or you feel would be the best for them to understand and, 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 and kind of uh, uh, adhere to? You know, one of the main things that I hear a lot is um, moms being um, really stressed out and feeling overwhelmed. and. Trust me, been there, done that plenty of times. But I will say this, the same way that I lived my life with order and discipline is the same that you would have to input with your children. 
Um, it might sound crazy to you, and no, I'm not talking about screaming, yelling, or choking anybody out. What I mean by order and discipline for a child now, it looks different. You know, it's good. It has the same structure, the same skeleton, but you now start putting um, the appropriate age um, things on your schedule. So then now you have your child on a schedule, and all of a sudden you start. Your home is now a well-oiled machine. You know, you've got your nap times, your breakfast, your lunches. They already know you're going to go to work. Like you start structuring and carving out for whatever your、um, day looks like, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or whether you're at work. You get that child used to a routine and used to a structure. All of a sudden, you see their、um, tantrums and their、um, fits. You won't see it that much because now they know what to expect, and children need it just as much as adults. And that's and I don't think we think we put that in perspective when it comes to a kid. We just think we're in charge, but they're a human being and they're processing the world at a fast rate too, and they're absorbing what mom and dad are doing. So them knowing what's happening next, you'll see a difference in their personality, their discipline, the way they act towards you, all of it, and then it, it becomes a a normal thing. And you're able to deal with it a lot better.、Mm, I love that. And so that that, but that process for you, that understanding that was trial and error, correct?、Uh, being oh, the, for you know, sure. It was trial and error. And so for that mom out there working through those things out there, again, if you guys are in that transitional phase, or maybe you're lacking some things in structure, and hey, it's okay. Like,、mm-hmm. you know, you have to. But at the end of the day, I think it's safe to say that if you make a decision. Not to have some structure, then you are accepting what comes with that lack of structure、um, yes. in regard to how it makes you feel, the chaoticness that it has in your day.、Um, and, and I think a lot of times people think like, "Oh my God, you're so regimented. You know when this, this, and that. You wake up at this time." But it, everything's for a purpose, because just like you, right? I mean, we, structure. We understand the importance of structure because the chaotic world that we live in, right? We have too much to do. Right. Too right? much. Yeah. And so hopefully you guys took that away. And again, use that. Use that if you want, or if you're going through that chaotic phase right now, and you're maybe trying to figure it out. Well, many times, sometimes you just need someone. To, you need to hear it from somebody else, and hopefully that relates with you. If you are lacking some type of structure,、um, okay. So, so now we're progressing. Now we're kind of out of the Marine Corps phase of what we're talking about right now.、Uh, we're going through family, and I, I want you to kind of let's touch a little bit on family. Like、uh, again, we know you have three、uh, beautiful kids. Talk a little bit now about where you're at and how your your psyche has shifted from the Marine Corps. Yeah,、uh, to family and to spouse, and we'll go from there. Um, man, things have shifted extremely. Um, I, I think that if somebody saw me now from when they knew me back then, they'd be like, "Man, what happened to you?" But I think that I, I have a lot of、um, calmness now in my life. Like I've I I taken a lot of the the, the crazy, and I now know how to kind of like.、Um, I don't know. Like you just you you, you kind of take all that energy you used to have when you were young, and now you're you're now displacing it in in areas that matter in your life. Like each child gets that energy now from me, so it's like evenly dis displaced. And same with like my husband, our home.、Um, so it's more of a calmer version of me. But the but everything else is all still the same. You know, you still have I I still these kids still know. You know when when they have to go to school, when they have to get up, when they're eating breakfast. You know, everything's kind of like planned out, and they're just so used to it、um, that they are now at an age where they're helping me out, 
and I, I find that a, a beautiful thing. It's like, you know, you helped out and you gave to your children so much. Now they're getting older and you see them on their own. Mom, what could I do? How could I help you? I mean, where does that come from? That just came from you putting in the effort, you're sowing the seed, you're, you're, you're putting all of that good and positive vibe inside your, you know, your children. And then they start to sprout into something beautiful. And I have a newborn now who's four months and I've got my daughter, you know, helping out with bottles, wants to change him. My son, he keeps him quiet if he starts to cry. They know when I'm stressed out, what could I do to help you? I mean, and they're only 11 and eight. And for them to like want to, it's like a little team. They're like, it's almost a fire team. You know, I'm missing one more, but that's it for me, three. But to see them come together as a team. And that's something that, you know, as parents we're creating. That, that's awesome. Yeah, they're gonna fight. It ain't perfect here. Come on now. Um, they, they do, you know, they do get on each other, but I, I, I'm talking about like who they are as people, like inside, they're very helpful. They clean up, they help put the dishes away. It, it's almost like they like to do things when we're doing it together. It, it has, it's a very team mentality is what I have going on here. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that aspect of what you just said. And you, you touched on something that I'm, I'm intrigued with and I think that is at a lot of value. Um, talk about, you said it's a new calm. How do you go from, or how did you, I should say, learn to go from 100 miles per hour in the Marine Corps? Because we get like 50 things done in one day, whereas out oh, here, yeah. in the as we call it, guys, the civilian world, getting 50 th things done in one day is like never going to happen. You get like two things done and you're happy. Um, but how did you go from that, that intensity to a more calmer, structured you where you had to dial it down? Like, what was that process like for you? What did you discover? Um, for me, spirituality. I know everybody has a different take on how they live their lives, but me just kind of knowing that there is something bigger than me, knowing that there is a God in my life, a creator out there, and knowing that it, it isn't all on me. You know, back then I felt like the world was on my shoulders. Like I had to do it all. Like, and I had to take it on every responsibility. But now it's knowing that I am taken care of. I, I, I am created by something bigger. So knowing that kind of puts me in my place, you know, it, it humbles me as a human being. And, you know, I've also been through a lot in my life, you know, uh, um, losing a parent is never easy. And, and that just humbles you because our role as a mom and a dad is so important. The, you'll always remember as a child, my mom said this, my dad said this, you're always going to remember that, or you're going to remember some of the negative, but it'll either drive you to be a better person. So at the end of the day, your parent is still going to make an impact on you. Some people are going to say, well, my parent was terrible. Okay. Well, what are you doing about that now? What kind of life are you living now? The same terrible life that they're doing, or my parent was amazing and now you're making bad choices. So it doesn't matter, but what are we doing with our lives now? And what have they taught us that we are now using and implementing to better ourselves? So I think like, um, I think just things happening in your life, you know, kind of put you in a, in a place where it's like, all right, so what, what's next or what now? you know and it's not and i'm not just looking at myself well, that's big and so for you and again i you know i'm aware of a lot of uh a lot of the battles that you've gone through after getting out of the marine corps and what have you and and so for you it was embracing the fact that there is something bigger than you that kind of humbled you and allowed you to really dial in and say 
correct me if I'm wrong, uh, this is what matters. Yes. These are the things that matter right now in my life. And I'm going to be the very best, the new very best in these areas of my life because they matter to me right now. And I don't have to tackle everything. Correct? Yes, that's right. And so that really helped you just slow down and be like, dial in on this aspect of my life now? Yeah. I mean, it made me think like, I can't take any of this stuff with me. You know, when I'm gone, I'm gone. Like that, there's no suitcases. I don't got a seat bag with me. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I'm gone. So if, if we look at the world and we start living like that in the mentality of, okay, so what's more important? Like the things that I have or the, um, the footprint I'm leaving behind and that person and whatever, like what you're doing is big in your community. You know, you, you're touching each one of those guys and gals coming in and trainers and everybody. So it's the same way I look at it with like my kids and with my husband, like we have to share, you know, the best and sometimes even the worst. I think someone's got to grow, you know, I got to grow, they got to grow. So it's not always going to be, you know, roses. Right, right. And so like you understanding that, you know, again, guys, take away, hopefully you caught that it's not always going to be perfect. Um, you're always going to have some form of adversity. Some of adversity is going to be bigger than others. But at the end of the day, through that adversity, if you really learn to just slow down, take a step back sometimes, um, mm -hmm. understand what's in front of you and how you can overcome that specific type of adversity, it's essentially has an opportunity to make you a better person in the life that you choose to live. That's Good right. or bad, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, I love that. That's big. Lear basically, learning to be more proactive than reactive. And, and back then, we were some reactive pit bulls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, yeah. but we got the we got the job done. And at the same time, I understand that in each job is different. I understand that, and each job's gonna want something specific. But where we're at now, at this point, now now that we're getting older with kids, being proactive is the way to go. I love that. I love that. And you could even speak the same to like your health, right? Your personal self-care. Would you, would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Cause again, we work with people every day who are at the very beginning of their personal health and body mindset transformation. Um, and you know, we use that terminology often, hence the Marine Corps guys, uh, being proactive instead of reactive. You know, you guys hear me talk about that often. Um, but there's a reason for it. It's not just some jargon. It's not something you're just pulling out of your butt because you, it sounds cool. It's like if yeah. you really learn to understand what that means and how it has relevance in your life, um, you'll learn that, hey, I need to get my butt in here. Not because I want to. I'm not always going to want to do it, but I need to do it because I'm being proactive because I know this is going to add X amount of time on my life so I can be with the loved ones that mean the most to me in my life a little bit That's longer. Right. You know, so yeah. I, I love I love that, B. I love that. So for you then right now we're about like live in joshua tree which is beautiful and i've been out there and uh you know it's just a nice beautiful scenic place to be man um and i you know one thing i love is that everything isn't about fast pace now like for, for you for you is what i'm yeah. saying like yeah you know when we went out there and visited it was just so chill relax yes Slow down a oh little yeah bit. and we sometimes get lost in thinking that we have to run every single minute of every single day but you and it's so funny what you just explained about how you live your life with a new sense of calm 
it's like you were supposed to be in Joshua Tree. <laughs> you guys bought a house out there. Yeah, I, I, you know what? You say that, but I believe it. I truly believe like God put me here because I can't with the, like, again, I, with the mentality that I have already, because I mean, it's not going to go away. Like inside of my head, I'm always running a marathon. I'm always racing, always. It's just not, it's who I am. But um, so living in a big city or in a crowded place, I, I already know I can't like personally um being here this is like this is a godsend i'm telling you this is this place puts me at like the best feeling the best mood um it gives me creativity i get a lot done here i I feel like i'm more active actually living here with the things that i do i'm like i I look like like betty crocker up in the kitchen i'm just like when do i make these things and when do i do this stuff and i just find a different creative person coming out of me like I started to to dabble into you know getting the kids these cool little snacks and healthy stuff and just teaching them and opening up books and I don't know I just get into this whole world I'm diving into another world with being able to not feel like I have to go here 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 and do all of this other stuff now it's like man I I can I can do a lot (laughs) you're in more control essentially yeah like yeah. in, a, in a more less intense environment, you're in more. You have more control. Isn't that crazy? That's that's pretty cool. I like that. It is cool. It is cool because it doesn't stop. You know, it's like you said. It's just a different. It's just a different gear, but you're still going. I love that. You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday. You said that you shared that right now, and it just made me think about who I was talking with the other day. And he was like, basically, you know, my son lives in Utah, in this beautiful town. It's a small town. He loves it, and you know, he's from uh, here. Cali and he's, he's like he loves it because he's doing what matters for him yeah. he's doing what matters so essentially like for you you're doing what matters what brings you joy yeah. happiness fulfillment your ideal life you're doing what matters and I, and I love that I'm glad that you said that and you shared that so hopefully uh, again guys another takeaway from there uh, are you doing what matters in your life you know something yeah. to really think about and sometimes we we think we have to run you know physically we have to like run and, and get this done get this done but sometimes doing less is is more for your psyche. <laughs> it puts oh, you in a better sure. in your mental state. So, I, I, all right, cool, man. So that we're transitioning now. So, you know, we're covered the family aspect of it. And we only have a few more minutes. So I want to touch on this because I think it's important. Um, business, uh, you know, but with everything that you've gone through, what you still are going through, what you're dealing with on a daily. I know that you um, in, in out there in Joshua Tree or in 29 Palms in this case, um, you, mm-hmm. you uh, have your business, The Habitat. Yeah. Yep. And and guys, when Blanca first opened up, uh, her and Paul and, and and everybody was out there. You know, we made a trip out there, um, and you know, I just wanted to make sure I was out there to support her because I was so happy for you guys, man. You know what I mean? Uh, I was just happy to see that for you, and even you, like. And we're gonna touch on this. You run your business the way you want to run it. You, the way yeah. you you choose to live your life is how you run your business. I love that you're open only certain parts of the time of the year. Yeah. Um, and so let's touch a little bit about how did the habitat come about? Like what made you kind of take on that challenge? There goes that word again. Yeah, so um, you know, I'm getting ready to to um retire from the Marine Corps and I just thought to myself, uh I noticed that I I started to find another love, which was interior design and um and I found that in what year did it become so big? I would say mm, 2010, 2011. I found a love for it. And then I noticed that um, 
I was actively doing it and not even noticing it. People would come into the house and say, oh, it's so nice. It's so, it, it feels a certain way. Like it, it's always a feeling people were getting. And I was like, man, like I, I didn't think it was even anything because I just did what I loved, you know, and I, I made that home feel like the way I wanted to feel. Um, and it just be, it just started becoming a thing. People were inviting me to their house. Can you help me do this room? Can you help me organize my garage? Can you help me do this? Can you help me put my kids' room in order? And then I started to do that to a lot of uh, a lot of the um, uh, stay-at-home moms on base and some spouses. And I, I found myself making trips to even my sister's friend. Um, in this was when we were in uh, South Carolina. I made a trip. I helped her with her first apartment. And I just saw that it was starting to be this thing where, can you come, can you help me? And um, you know, it's crazy. I, I just want to say that there's people who have gifts right now. I, it just came to me right now. And I just want to make sure I'm saying this. There, you have gifts right now out there if you're listening and you, because it's so natural to you, you don't even know you've got it until people start saying, can you help me out? Wow, that's awesome and this and that. And you, you second guess yourself. You say, it ain't that great. It ain't that, it, it's what, this? And you kind of minimize it. We need to stop doing that. And I, I caught myself because I did that too. We need to stop minimizing it. As a matter of fact, we need to grab onto it and maximize that gift we have because God gives us all gifts and it's all inside of us. And it's not one, it's plural S, gifts. And it's not just athleticism or you know, doing this. It could be anything from drawing, baking, to just even being personable with someone. Leadership is also a gift, all of it. I love that. So the, so you said that, and again, you were kind of doing that self-limiting talk in your head when you first yeah. started getting into it. But do you think it goes back to what you mentioned before, fear of failure? You know, I, I would say that with the business aspect, I was a little scared. Um, but me not knowing I even had this, I don't know if it was the fear of failure. I, I legitimately didn't know this was even something oh. until it started to become something and people started saying stuff. Then, then I realized like, this is something. Plus I was passionate about it and I loved it. So I said, you know what, I'll just keep doing it. And I, I kept doing it. And I just knew that I loved interior design. It's really funky. It's really eclectic. It's not your normal look, but that's just the way that's that's the way I like to do things. So again, <laughs> yeah. I hear you. So to that, to that person out there, male or female, that they, they know they have something that they are passionate about, um, that they maybe don't realize is yeah. a, a certain thing that a gift that was given to them. Um, but they do have a fear of letting it be known. They have a fear Sometimes. of committing to it. Like, what would you say to that individual out there who maybe just connected with what you just said, but maybe on their side, it is kind of like, oh, I'm afraid that people are going to think this about it, or they're afraid to communicate it. And they know they want it to maybe be something or it could be something if they put energy yes. behind it. What would you say to that individual? Um, so I'll, I'll share my story really quick about how I even opened up the shop. And then that way it could be relatable. I'll say this much. I do my goals in quiet and I turn everything off around me. Um, and I don't do it to be like rude or disrespectful or anything like that, but I'll say this much, I've learned a lot. And when you try to tell somebody you're trying to better yourself, it, it, it's sometimes a, a crab effect where there's someone out there trying to pull you right back into 
you know, the group of crabs. And I'll say this, you guys, if you have a dream, an aspiration, a goal, an achievement, and you hear and you know of people saying you can't do it, turn that stuff off. Whether it's giving yourself a break on social media, whether it's giving yourself a break from calling some so-and-so, whether it's the, the texting, whatever, just focus on that goal, do it, do it with the best of your ability and go, go in it because that's what you're passionate about. Don't go in it because someone told you to do it. You go into something because you are passionate about it and you go in and you make it happen and you make it happen without everybody knowing, you know, when they can know when you made it happen, that's when you say, Oh, by the way, I just opened up my shop. Oh, by the way, I just opened up a gym. Oh, by the way, I just started this Etsy account. Oh, by the way, I'm making this. And now that's it. You're, you, you're already committed to doing it because if you let the gates open too soon, you're going to have people saying, what? That's dumb. Who, why would you do that? What if it fails? I mean, we already do that to ourselves. Why invite anybody else to do that on top of us? Mm, that's big. So. And then, so to kind of stay on topic with the, uh, the, ha- the, the habit, um, the habitat, the habit, uh, <laughs> My apology. Um, so you open up the shop and yeah. I am very proud to say, and you guys can't see it cause this is a, uh, you only got the audio, but I actually got this picture behind me has been up since the very first day I bought it and came and hung it up. Um, and this is from her shop right here. And I actually sent her a message when I seen that she was opening up, just congratulating her. And I scrolled through your, your list of things that you were offering. I said, Hey, I want that picture right there. So for those of you guys that can't see it, you guys are listening. It's a basically a beautiful, uh, canvas of a of a work I call it a workhorse a stallion if you would and just for me it just resonated with me when I saw it. and I've had this this uh, painting up and it's a beautiful painting and I got that directly from her store so I'm proud of that uh, to say that uh, but for you uh, in the store like what was something that you tackled with the store like what did it make like what intrigued you about that uh, going into the store into business I should say and then I already know why you did the you chose that store but yeah what intrigued you about business um, you know, I honestly didn't know what I was going to do when, when I got out, I, I told myself, I just knew that I loved interior design. I knew that was, I tapped into a passion that I had. So I thought I was going to go that route. Like I thought I was going to start um, helping people with their homes on base. That's what I thought I was going to continue doing. But then something inside of me said, you know, like, just look around, like, look, let's look around and see if there's like something small and maybe we can get a few things and like fill it up and just kind of make it into almost like your home and see what people think. And so I started messing with that idea, started sketching pictures, started showing Paul. And um, he was just like, hey, if you can find a place and we can afford it, we can rent it out, let's go ahead. So there I go, I get in my car and I, again, I make it a mission. I make it a goal of mine to say, all right, well, let me see. Found a, a cute little spot, called them. And today, you know, I, I, um, I ended up opening up the shop. It's a small home decor shop. It, again, it's the same vibe that I like the eclectic feel. It's very mixed match. Like you got the old world stuff with the new stuff and it, it almost feels like home. And that honestly is my favorite part of the store is when people come in, they, every single person says, um, it feels really comfortable in here, or it makes me feel like this, or it makes me feel like that. I think the feeling that people are getting in my store is more of a plus than them purchasing an item because you go home from your vacation of Joshua Tree, you go home from your Airbnb 
and you leave with a feeling and those feelings turn into stories you know oh man i went into the store or i went into this little shop or i met this person and they go home with that feeling you know because that gift can get thrown out you know on a when you're cleaning out your house or you can get trashed or something but um that so with that being said you I built I ended up building a, a really nice community in 29 Palms and all of this desert area here in the Mojave Desert. I've met some great people all the way from England to Australia to Canada from uh just all over the world because I mean this is a beautiful park. People come from all over the world to visit Joshua Tree. I love that. Yeah, guys. So if you guys ever go and visit uh Joshua Tree, 29 Palms area, again, make sure you look it up. The habitat on Instagram uh, you'll definitely find them on Yelp as well. And I guarantee you guys, you guys will definitely get a different feel, a different vibe, no point intended. Just a different experience when you go into that store and you connect with Blanca, because she will connect with you. I guarantee, that's, I guarantee you that uh, she'll help you out. And you'll le definitely leave with an experience of feeling of like remembering, man, that shop was nice. It was cool. And I got a certain feeling from that, that I will never forget. So I definitely encourage you guys again, the habitat look it up and connect with blanca in in person uh in 29 palms uh when you guys are in the area or joshua tree um okay v so man a lot of great stuff that you just shared uh blanca and uh, i definitely appreciate it and i don't i don't want to impede on your time i know it's saturday uh i just want to end it with a few questions that i always ask people random questions and you could answer them however you want one one word answers or however you want and it's just fun questions and i'm just gonna throw them your way and this is how we'll kind of uh, sign off and end it and um, our segment here. So uh, the first one, your favorite hobby. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, man, uh, I think it's tied. I think it's tied between um, reading and um, taking a nice walk. Got you. Your favorite comfort food. <laughs> comfort food. Man, everything. I love food. <laughs> comfort food, comfort food. Um, I would say tacos. Tacos. Street Can't tacos. go wrong with tacos. La Puente in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, so by the way, uh, Blanca and I, she grew up in La Puente. I grew up in Pomona, which is about, man, we'll call it 20 minutes from each other. And so yeah. kind of somewhat familiar with the area. Uh, but yeah, we grew up right down the freeway from each other. Uh, your favorite memory about the Marine Corps? I know there's many, but one. Uh, favorite memory. Um, honestly, I don't think I have one. I, I I don't. My favorite memory is um the young Marines. Got you. Love that one. Uh, okay, this is uh your favorite type of music. Oh man, I love everything. Everything from reggae to classical but right now i i think it's with my age and like where i live and everything's so calm i've been listening to like a lot of lo-fi like chill beat chill beats and stuff yeah got you i'm with that um your favorite book uh the bible <laughs> i will never get bored <laughs> hey i i know you so good how did i know that i already knew the answer to that but i just wanted to see if it was maybe something different like that's something that just intrigued you but I, okay, I knew that was gonna be possibly the high 99%. So good. <laughs> Got you, girl. Got it. Okay, last one here. Uh, this one, just for fun. Who is more motivating, you or Paul? Oh, that's an easy one. You're talking to them. 
Again, I know you so good. I already knew the answer to that one. But don't let my boy Paul hear that. He's gonna be like, what? <laughs> oh man, I love it. Yeah, so a lot of fun, a lot of fun, B. So again, just wrapping it up, I just wanna thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule, um, your structured life um, to kind of give me an hour, hour and 15 minutes of your time. And uh, we have a lot of history together. And so no doubt we'll be in contact. And, and again, for you guys listening, thank you guys for, uh, for tuning in and, and listening. Hopefully uh, you gain some valuable, valuable, uh, maybe insight, learning lessons that can be applied in your everyday life as you guys seek to live your personal ideal life in the manner in which you want to. And so uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, until next time, go out, attack your day, be proactive, don't be reactive like Blanca said, and thrive in anything that you do. Put your best foot forward, go out and conquer your fear. Until next time, guys, I will talk to you guys again soon. Gino, Blanca, out. Out. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Vibe Life Podcast. As the mission of making positive impact on the lives of the people that I am meant to serve continues and moves forward, I'd like to uh, remind you to please subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to this at. Please share it with your friends, family, anyone that you feel it would add value to and, and support them in their journey to make transformation in their lives. And of course, if you haven't done so already, I'd like to invite you to join my texting community group. It's absolutely free. All you have to do is text the word podcast to 909-487-5799. And when you do that, you're going to get an auto-responded message I set up. You got to click on the link that's in that message and then set up your profile. And that's how you'll officially join uh, my texting community group. And in that group, I just connect with you on a more personal level. You could ask questions. If there's certain specific that you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can definitely submit it on there. And so that's just an added value that I like to have as a resource for you to connect with me and support you in your journey towards a healthier, stronger version of yourself, living your ideal life. So with that being said, take care, stay in the fight. Talk to you soon.